Welcome to Geek on Film with your host, Robbie Holmes. Hey there, folks. Uh, this is going to be another week of Robbie on his own. Uh, this week, we're going to focus on two films. We're going to focus on The Mother, and we're going to focus on Air as the main review. So this is going to be a very Benefer-focused episode. Uh, sorry that we didn't l- release an episode last week. Things got kind of crazy in my day job. Um, and I am looking forward to hopefully next week catching up on all the television that has been going on, including hopefully the finales of both Yellow Jackets and Secession. Uh, we have lots to catch up on there, but I wanted to get something out uh, and put it in the feeds that would be useful to you right now because these two films are both available on streaming services. So The Mother is available on Netflix and Air is available on Amazon Prime. And I wanted to make sure that those reviews were in your uh, ear holes so that way you had an opportunity to make a decision about whether or not you wanted to spend the time, energy, and effort to watch these two films. The TLDR is probably yes to one and probably no to the other. But you'll have to listen to find out. All right, uh, we're going to jump over to our first film, The Mother, Jennifer Lopez's film on Netflix. That is an interesting starting point. So The Mother is the movie that bases around our friend Jennifer Lopez. Uh, So she is an unnamed U.S. uh, military operative who eventually uh, is trained by an SES uh, soldier and eventually becomes a sort of go between an arm smuggling and uh, with, with a person named Hector Al- Alvarez. So uh, our, our SES uh, soldier is Adrian Lavelle, who is a trainer of Jennifer Lopez's character. And he is played by uh, Joseph Fiennes. And then we have Hector Alvarez, who is the arms dealer who's looking to buy the arms. And that's Gail Garcia Bernal. She ends up uh, in a relationship with the two of these men and becomes pregnant. Uh, there's no, so she's romantically involved with both of them. And there's no, they they don't know who the father of the child is. She doesn't allude to who the father of the child is. After the mother realizes that uh, our friend Gail Garcia Bernal's character, Hector Alvarez, is involved with some child trafficking, she decides to go to the FBI and become an informant where she's being eventually interviewed by an a FBI agent called William Cruz, who's played by Omari Hardwick, uh, and all hell breaks loose. She eventually gets attacked, uh, is defending herself, saves the life of this uh, FBI agent, and uh, eventually gets stabbed in the stomach um, while she's very pregnant in a slow reveal. So... We then see her um, interacting with the FBI, talking about giving up her parental rights, and uh, she eventually agrees to do that as long as the child can have the most boring life of all time, basically, nothing to do with her, and that she'll be kept in the loop in case anything happens. Uh, And then we cut to sort of uh, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Lopez's character living in Alaska, off the grid, uh, living her life. And she eventually gets reached out to by special agent William Cruz because something has gone sideways. Um, the ATF had busted, uh, some of Alvarez's men in Mexico city and found a picture of her daughter, which she didn't know anything about. And her name is Zoe. 
and this brings her to Ohio to protect or be a part of the defending of this uh, of her little girl. Eventually, we see that uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, uh, Hector Alvarez's right hand, uh, Tarantula, played by Jesse Garcia, who's a great that guy, who has a beautiful uh, tarantula tattoo on his neck, um, grabs her and takes her away. And they track him to Cuba. And her and uh, William Cruz are part of the team that is going to basically extract her. The sequence in Cuba is one of the least effective sequences I've seen in a very long time. Uh, it feels very much like it's shot on a back lot in like Atlanta or in L.A. There's so many fight sequences here that you can actually see Jennifer Lopez, a stunt double filling in. And uh, I'm really blown away by like, you know, she, Jennifer Lopez is one of the most physically fit, most physically able actors we've seen to be in a movie where everything feels like it's moving in slow motion and doesn't feel like there's any actual fighting. Uh, maybe I'm just a little bit uh, spoiled by seeing the entire John Wick series and so many of these other films I've seen recently, but good Lord, that sequence in Cuba is one of the, the hardest I've come across so far to really care about what's going on. Um, while in Cuba, she, they catch Tarantula he reveals where Hector's house is, uh, and it's on a place called the Plantation, where they infiltrate and they get Zoe, her daughter, out. And she hands off Zoe uh, back to William Cruz, and she goes back and eventually kills Hector Alvarez. They take Zoe back home. At this point, uh, they can't take her back to Ohio because it's not going to be safe for her. So she eventually takes... Uh, in the process, we realize that uh, Adrian Lavelle, who's played by Joseph Fiennes, is now on the hunt looking for her. And in the process of taking her back to Ohio, he uh, figures out what's going on and somehow gets some information and then kills William Cruz. So Mari Hardwick's character that was sort of a potential love interest slash uh, good guy who was helping out the mother and Zoe and had always checked on her. And uh, we then see Zoe and uh, the mother head back to Alaska, where Zoe is told very pointedly, like, you're here for some survival training. I need to make sure you're going to live. This is where the movie sort of gets repetitive. Uh, eventually, you see Zoe make a mistake. She gets bit by a wolf that she needs some help. You know, she needs some medical attention, tells her real name. This leads to... Uh, Adrian Lavelle finding her and bringing like a battalion of military uh, hired hired military guns to come and find her. They eventually separate. You see Lavelle and uh, the mother together driving away. And Zoe eventually um, shoots and snipes. This movie is really not great. <laughs> The mother eventually kills all of Lavelle's men before facing him. While she's knocked out, Lavelle grabs Zoe and speeds away. The mother snipes and kills him. Yeah, all of, of her former allies are dead. Uh, now mother can re return Zoe back to her adopted family, um, but she stays in Ohio uh, and, and can watch over her while things are going on. Uh, this movie, in my opinion, was one of the worst movies I've seen this year. It is 
100% a waste of the talents of all the actors that are a part of this. This feels 100% like a script needed like two or three more run-throughs and uh, they needed to hire a slightly better um, fight choreographer to make this feel more realistic. There are some sequences that feel really polished and there are some sequences that feel very under-polished. I don't know if it's second unit stuff, if it's... I'm very confused by why this movie didn't work. Uh, You have too many good actors, too many actors of note that should be able to pull this off, that this movie just felt like a mess. It 100% needed more rewriting. It 100% needed more polishing. And boy, the final edit probably could have taken this movie down. I'm about an hour. I was about an hour into this movie and I was like, I cannot believe there's more than another hour left in this movie. What is the pacing of this movie? Why, why am I so lost in the sauce? It was a really hard movie for me to watch. And uh, I was really bored by it most of the time. Um, not what I was expecting in any way, shape or form. I think I gave this one and a half stars on Letterboxd. Uh, if you're looking for me on Letterboxd, I'm Robbie the Geek, like I am everywhere else. Um, so that's it for my review of The Mother. It's on Netflix right now. You can make your own determination. I think the reason to see this movie is it's cool to see Jennifer Lopez in another movie where she's going to kick some butt. Uh, the sad part of this movie is she doesn't kick nearly enough butt because the script is not great and neither is the fight choreography or the editing. Um, I think this movie really disappoints in ways that I wasn't expecting. I did not expect Jennifer Lopez's film to not deliver in any way, shape, or form. Okay, that's it for this movie. Let's move over to our main review of Air. So Air, uh, our main review this week, is the story of uh, uh, Nike uh, in 1984 being in a position where their entire shoe division was uh, for basketball was about to be shut down. And we are... We, we open with Sonny Vaccaro, who is the uh, basketball talent scout for Nike, um, going out and trying to find someone to become the face of the basketball division. Uh, he's tasked with finding three or four uh, possible people. Uh, and in the end, he feels like Jordan is the right guy. So he goes back to Rob Strausser, who is the VP of marketing Uh, who's played by Jason Bateman. And you have this really fun moment where he's going back and forth and he's like, "Uh, you want to give all the money to one guy? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, what do you have to offer? And he's like, well, you know, our our basketball division's pretty terrible. So you get this great moment of him being like, "I, I don't know that I love it. It's not like my favorite pitch. But that really leads to, uh, that is the tone and tenor of most of what we're seeing here. Uh, in this movie. So we see an awful lot of what leads uh, Sonny Vaccaro to feeling like like our friend Jordan is the right person to, to lead up the face of this basketball division. Uh, and they're, three main com- they're, they're one of three main competitors going after Jordan. So you've got Converse, which has the top three basketball players of the time period. Uh, so Bird, Johnson, and I think it was Akeem Elijah one. Uh, so he would have been number four in their stable, basically. And uh, you had Adidas, who uh, was really new uh, and trying to break into the space. They had a lot of money, but they were the cool company. Everybody was wearing their shoes and their track suits, and everybody really wanted to get in business with them. But it was kind of chaotic in the Adidas space uh, at that moment. 
so um what's cool is we have these like really great little small roles being played by people in this film who are willing to be a part of this and i think that you know the the epitome of this is that we have like jay moore playing john fisher uh who is doing the negotiations within adidas and you have uh chris messina playing david falk which is uh michael jordan's agent and uh, has one of the most amazing epic meltdowns of all time uh, yelling at Sonny Vaccaro played by Matt Damon about how, what he's going to do to him if he doesn't actually sign this contract. And uh, it's it's really unbelievable and powerful. Eventually Sonny talks to uh, Jordan's Olympic coach, George Reveling, who is played by, Marlon Wayans and he reminds him that, you know, sort of everything in his family and, and most of these families goes through the mother. So he eventually decides to travel directly to North Carolina uh, to meet up with the Jordans. So we are finally introduced to Jordan's mother being played by Viola Davis. And I think the side note here that's really cool is when Ben Affleck was taking this on is, uh, being the first movie that Artist Equity was going to be producing, his new uh, production company with him and Matt Damon and Jerry uh, Cardinal of the Redbird Capital, uh, that the f- one and only, re- the, the single request that Jordan had, he's like, I- I'm okay with you making this movie, but I think you should cast Viola Davis as my mother. And that I think led to her husband being cast as the husband in this movie which is super cool. So you've got Jules playing James R. Jordan Sr. And um, in this one interaction, you see Sonny Vaccaro really trying to convince her that he has Michael's best of intentions in mind and he believes in Michael as much as she does, which is something that uh, no one else that she's going to talk to is going to be able to explain. So that leads to a really fun, you know, interaction where he basically lays out what's going to happen in front of all these meetings uh, that he's about to have over a Converse and over at Adidas. And, uh, you know, so much so that he even says, like, the guy who's you're going to meet with at Converse is going to be wearing a Rolex. And, you know, the one question you should ask is, well, you know, how is Michael going to stand out? And then in the Adidas meeting, he's like, you know, there's a lot of chaos in the family with the death of the father. Uh, you know, who's going to make the final decision here? And it's pretty unbelievable to watch this movie unfold because you get a chance to see everything that Sonny Vaccaro said at that point was true, but he's also getting zero feedback and basically dying on the vine in Beaverton, Oregon. You know, he's gambling uh, every possible thing that could happen here on turning the $250,000 he had to land four basketball players to be represented by Nike for one basketball player. So you also have, uh, you know, the, the number one uh, shoe designer at Nike gets a chance to, to design the, you know, the air, the Nike air. And that is an amazing sequence uh, where you get to see for the first time, the Nike get designed and be, you know, become the single greatest shoe that influences everything else that's going to happen uh, for the rest of time in basketball shoes. Um, it's a really astounding uh, movie. I, I really felt moved by it. Um, I, I'm surprised how good it was, to be honest. But in the end, I, I think uh, there's no surprise. This is an amazing cast with a very American 
story to be told. So the character that, that makes the basketball shoe is, is Peter Moore is the, is the designer at Nike and he's played by Matthew Mayer, which is a total that guy. When you see him and you'd be very surprised not to know who he is, but he really embodies this, like the beauty and efficiency of creation uh, in, in the basketball shoe. And it's really fun to watch. I really like this movie. I think uh, it is really interesting to have the first movie uh, that they are producing under actors equity to have the tone and tenor that this one has. So in the final act uh, we have Viola Davis's character, Jordan's mother call Sonny Vaccaro and say that uh, she believes they are going to go with Nike, but there's one uh, omission that was obviously a mistake, which is that uh, Michael will get a percentage of every single shoe uh, created with his likeness. And it's so obvious an omission that it's obviously just a mistake where Sonny then explains that this is not the way that the basketball shoe licensing and, and us and, and the uh, licensing of someone's image to be a part of marketing works. And she's like, well, uh, it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, my son is going to be the one that inspires people to buy these shoes. You know, the shoe is nothing unless my son's foot is in it. And uh, he goes back and forth with, uh, her about this and explaining it in a pretty straightforward way, um, explaining he wishes he could do it, but uh, she she really never takes no for an answer. She just kind of holds her ground and doesn't understand that this isn't a possibility. And also, why haven't we done this for other basketball players? So uh, in the end, he says he'll do what he can and he'll get back to her. And uh, he goes and talks to you know Phil, the CEO of the company. And Phil says, you know, this is what needs to happen. I, I have your back. Like, it's up to me to sell it to the board, not you, Sonny. Um, tell her we'll go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll give him a percentage. And that went on to be, you know, the most lucrative thing in, in Michael's career going forward. There's all these, like, numbers and cut twos. And it's amazing. I think it was like 120 million pairs of Jordans were sold in the first year that he was in the NBA. Um and, and, you know, just the fact that that his this negotiation happened and led to him getting paid for everything that had his likeness on it. Uh, and that didn't stop the final creation of the design. Uh, we see later on that Peter Moore got a chance to go back and redesign and take the the um, flying the airman. Right. Sort of the silhouette of Air Jordan and and replace the logo that was the words Air Jordan. And that became sort of synonymous with Nike from that point forward. So everything with that silhouette on it became something that Jordan was involved with. And that included clothing and, you know, everything under the Nike umbrella. Uh, I really like this movie. I think um, it's it's a pretty amazingly deep bench. There's so many actors here uh, that get a chance to spend some quality time playing really important roles uh, and that we get these amazing actors to be a part of this movie is really fun. Uh, you don't see movies like this very often. I often joke that we don't see like the mid-budget, you know, adult dramas anymore. And this one is about capitalism and about a company. And you have to reckon with that. Like this is a movie that we're cheering the creation of the air, you know, the Nike Air. But in the end, it's a really interesting story about like equity and about sharing profit sharing with athletes. And uh, you can feel or have feelings about what that implication is. But I, I was really impressed with the movie that was created here. I think that Ben, as the director and playing Phil, is, is really effective across both strands. I think 
the ability to have such amazing actors at your disposal that are willing to be such small roles sometimes like having Jason Bateman and having Marlon Wayans and, and Chris Tucker and, you know, all these amazing actors that, that like normally would have to be higher build or would have to have a bigger role. But I think the reality here is they, they all saw that this was a quality script and that Ben is sort of a steady hand and with his, you know, Oscar win for Argo and, and what he's been able to pull off as a director before you, you, you really are in good hands and you expect to make a solid movie. At, you know, at least that's what it feels like. It's a little bit relationship, probably a little bit reputation. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. I love seeing Matt Damon sort of be an everyman and, uh, you know, dressing in traditional 1980s, not most uh, the most flattering style for a man who has put on a little bit of weight as a punch. And, uh, you know, he's he's great. You get a chance to see Matt Damon act from behind this sort of non non movie star looking facade. Um, it's not a huge transformation, but it's enough to see the difference in how he carries himself and his confidence level. And, you know, it's really I- impressive. I think that's it for me. I think uh, you should go see this on Amazon Prime. I I really liked it. I really feel like uh, it was a movie that I wish I had gotten to see in the theaters, but it's the kind of movie that is really rock solid to watch on your couch with a decent television and sound system. So if you missed it, give yourself an opportunity. It's It's worth the time. And going with an open mind, I, uh, I'm not the most like commercial guy, and it does feel a little uh, strange to be going in to see a movie about uh, the creation of a, of a shoe that made billions of dollars. But uh, the story behind it and the people who made it happen are really interesting. Okay, that's it. This is Robbie. Uh, it's been another Geek on Film, and uh, it's geekonfilm.com, geekonfilm.com on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, if you're listening and you'd like to reach out, please do. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you get a chance, some ratings and reviews are really helpful and in, in your podcatcher of choice, especially Spotify or uh, or the pod, Apple Podcast Player. Um, and hopefully next week we'll catch up with all the television that's been going on. We'll we'll close out a whole bunch of things that are landing, uh, including Secession and Yellow Jackets. No surprise, both are pretty good. Uh, I look forward to talking to you next week. Uh, This has been Robbie. Bye-bye. This has been a Geek on Film podcast. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.